It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello, and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I am your host, Brian K. Wright, and it's a pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I will introduce my guest in a minute or two, and I promise we're going to have a lot of fun today. I do want to take a short while to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I typically do this every single week. And before I forget, this episode is brought to you by Phone Sites. With Phone Sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. Try it free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash B-R-I-A-N. The law of attraction is a topic I like discussing, and I was thinking about why it doesn't always seem to work for everyone. If you've read The Secret or if you've seen the movie, you'll know that the three basic principles of making the law of attraction work for you are ask, believe, and receive. Sometimes people get hung up on asking because they don't know exactly what they want. And if you don't know what you want, it won't show up in your life. Not only that, but if you do ask and you don't fully believe that it will show up for you, then it won't. Thoughts of this can't ever happen for me occur for a lot of people who doubt what they're asking for. Finally, people tend to not receive because while they think they want something, they're not really truly ready for it yet. Picture a five-year-old asking you for a brand new car. While you would love to give them that gift, you know quite well that a five-year-old is not ready or equipped to receive that type of gift. So all three elements have to be present. You have to ask for something specific. Then you have to believe it is possible for that to show up in your life. And finally, you have to be ready for it in order to receive it. The universe is an abundant place, but it won't guess what you want in life. You have to actively ask, believe, and then receive. With all that in mind, I would like to introduce my guest. And before I forget, if you've not picked up my latest book, it's called Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, Volume 2. It's based on some of the best interviews that I've had on this show, including Kevin Harrington, Chris Powell, Brad Sugars, Dan Locke, and so many more. Amazing book. The Kindle version is 99 cents. You can get the paperback version as well. Get that today and leave a review. That would be fantastic. My guest this week is Dr. Nona Javid. Let me tell you a little bit about her. She's helped thousands of women across the country lose weight, adopt healthier lifestyles, and become the best versions of themselves. She's the creator of Soul Scale, which is a revolutionary meal-based weight loss plan that not only targets unwanted fat, but lowers cholesterol, steps back from the brink of diabetes, and reduces inflammation. After immigrating to America from Iran at age 16, she watched her family turn to food for comfort. She witnessed her family battle high cholesterol, prediabetes, and chronic fatigue, and she decided to combat their drug dependencies and poor quality of life by addressing excess fat, which is the common denominator among it all. She taught her family and now thousands of her clients how to not only lose weight, but to maintain a healthy lifestyle. She's been featured as a top doctor and nominated as the Dynamic Woman for Orange Coast Magazine, where she currently practices. And she's spoken on stages all around the world. Her new TEDx talk is going to be coming out soon. It'll be her first ever. And she's also been featured in Forbes, HuffPost, Newsbreak, and so much more. We have a lot to unwrap during this very short hour we have together. So here we are with my very special guest, Dr. Nona Javid. How are you, Dr. Nona? I am doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. 
Yeah, me too. So the question I like to open with is, did you envision early in your life that you would be where you are right now? Gosh, that's such a good question. Um, absolutely not. Um, with the way that my uh, sort of my story unravels, it, it would be completely uh, far-fetched to think that this is where I would be and that I would be um, the owner or founder of SoulScale. I'd be doing weight loss. I'd be owning business or, or that I would even be an entrepreneur to begin with. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, like, if, if you knew anything about my 16-year-old self, I didn't even grow up in this country. I didn't. I wasn't born here. I didn't speak a word of English. So really the exact opposite of everything that I'm doing is who I was uh, in my young childhood. Wow. So how did your career start for you? How did you decide to become a doctor? Um, so when I was, um, like I said, I... I Grew up in Iran and I moved here when I was 16 years old and didn't speak a word of English. And one of the things that that really was crucial in my journey and in uh, determining what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it was exactly that process. So at 16 years old, I was thrown into high school and I didn't fit in and I didn't look like anybody else. And uh, not only that, couldn't communicate with any of my um any of the kids at school. And um, on top of everything, my family instantly became poor. We went from living sort of a normal middle-class, you know, uh, sort of uh, family in Iran, but uh, the way that the currency works when you bring your entire life savings to the United States pretty much just lasts you about a month. And that's on you know, doing everything at minimum. So we came here and all of a sudden we're all kind of fitting into one tiny little room and trying to figure out what's the cheapest way to manage and survive and, you know, eat food and whatnot. So one of the first things that happened was I realized very quickly um, that I wanted to, um, I, I needed to make money. Yeah. And, um, because that, that was the first time I'd experienced that in my life. And, wanted to help my family. So just like any other 16 year old, I started to work at a fast food place Mm. and um, working at the fast food place. Didn't want anybody to know about it because I was already embarrassed of how different I was in high school. And um, of course, uh, you know, a few short months into working at a fast food place, I had this girl who walked in um, to purchase uh, food with her posse. And she was the exact opposite of me, Brian. I mean, she mm. is blonde. She is beautiful. She's the cheerleader in our school. She's the most popular girl. She came in with all these friends. So um, I have the cheerleader come in and the, you know, this, I'm mortified. I am just, it's my worst nightmare. And uh, when she when she left after I had served her her food, her and her posse, <laughs> she had left me some pennies on the table. So I was, it was just horrifying what had happened to my 16 year old self at the time. And what I, um, that was a really dark moment, really series of dark moments that had happened at the, at the same time, kind of all coming together that ultimately led me to, decide I don't want this anymore. I don't want this life anymore. On top of it, you can imagine my my household, like you mentioned in my bio, 
my uh, parents had kind of went to food in order to um, cope with everything that was happening. And so I knew I had to do something different. I quit my job at the fast food place and I started a tutoring company. So that was like the first seed of entrepreneurship that had started for me and my, um, and I started to leverage, I was, it was, became so popular because I was really good at math. So I leveraged other people's um, time. So I would hire other people to tutor all these kids. And, um, and I continue to, to do that and to uh, have this tutoring company underground to, to pay for my education at Berkeley. And then later on for parts of my uh, doctorate degree. Wow. And, uh, so, so the combination of everything that was happening kind of led to the life that I am living right now. Wow. That, that was really smart, starting a company and then hiring other people to leverage their time and their resources and their talents, too. That's fantastic. Uh, we've got about a minute to our first break. Uh, was your family supportive of your whole entrepreneurial journey? Um, you know, I feel like they were supportive as much as they knew. Um, nobody I knew at that age was an entrepreneur or a business owner. Everybody I knew had a nine to five job. So they don't, I don't know that they knew how to be, um, supportive in the process. They, they really supported whatever I wanted to do, but I'm sure it came with a list of questions. Fantastic. And we are coming right back. After our first break, this is Success Profiles Radio. My guest is Dr. Nona Javid, and we will come back shortly, and we will talk about her book, Elevate Your Life, Seven Keys to Spiritual and Personal Transformation. We will talk about Soul Scale, where she helps people to lose weight, and so much more. We'll come right back. This is Success Profiles Radio. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. It's words you never heard. Did you ever wonder who invented the snow shovel? Most of us who live up north have spent a lot of time using this tool. No one really knows who started using it for snow, but according to live science, the first known shovels were discarded ox scapulas, or shoulder blades, which folks used to move soil and rocks 5,000 years ago. Most historians recognize Arthur Sicard as the inventor of the first practical snow blower in 1925. Of course, you can get pretty knackered shoveling the snow off your driveway. What's a word for the fear of hard work? Ponophobia. In 1923, two brothers from Norway constructed the first automobile-mounted snowplow. What's the word for the fear of snow? Ionophobia. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.brienkwright.com for more information. Once again, that's brienkwright.com. 
Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Dr. Nona Javid. And if you've not downloaded and subscribed to Success Profiles Radio, do that on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. And if you like the show, please share this with your friends and family and loved ones and tell them to listen as well if they want to hear from guests who can change their lives and, and their experiences. It, it You just can't go wrong spending an hour with us here. So over 425 episodes strong, and we're still going. So, Dr. Nona, let me ask you, what is your big why? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Why do you do what you do? Oh, that's such a good question. I, um, my why has changed and evolved over the years. Um, I think when I was much, much younger, it was like I follow, you know, I, I wanted more money because I came, I became poor and I experienced poverty. And so that was the initial, at least on the surface thing to experience. But um, as I've had, as I've gotten older, now I have kids, I would, my first instinct would be, would be to say my kids are my why. Um, and I think that secondary to that is to create the kind of lifestyle where I have the freedom, the time freedom to be able to spend time with my family, the financial freedom to be able to you know, contribute to society or live the kind of life that I want, I think as an entrepreneur is, um, like I said, starts with my kids and then turns into freedom, really. That's fantastic. So what do you think is the highest value skill that anyone can learn? The highest value, uh, say that again, the highest value. The highest skill value that- skill. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, gosh, that's such a good question. I think um, to manage yourself, to manage your own mindset. And I see this, of course, I see it with clients and soul scale. I also work with entrepreneurs. So I see it with the entrepreneurs that I work with. If you're able to manage your mindset, then everything else, whether it's taking action, whether it's being able to invest in yourself or time management or any of the things that make you successful in life, whether, like I said, in all areas, health, wealth, or connection, it all is going to have to start with having the ability to manage your own state, your own mindsets, and, uh, and, and your being. I love that. So let's talk about your book. You co-authored a book a few years back, not that long ago, maybe 2016 or so, called Elevate Your Life, Seven Keys to Spiritual and Personal Transformation. Tell us what it's about. Yeah, Elevate Your Life, it just kind of, it's funny, Brian, because I um, was one of those people where it was like, I have to write a book, I want to write a book, and I spent years thinking about the idea of writing a book and trying to write one, and I had, this book was inside of me for a very long time, and um, ultimately, it came, once it was time for it to kind of be manifested and be out in the world, It took about three months to write the book and it all sort of poured through myself and my best friend, which uh, we co-authored the book together and Elevate Your Life kind of encompasses all the different things that uh, you different concepts like at the beginning of this show, for example, you talked about 
the secret and the three steps to manifesting the thing that you want. So um, this book is is a comprehensive, um, I guess, collection of all these different concepts that help you manage your mindset and help you move forward in life and being able to create that life vision that you want to do in any area or category of your life. Like I said, the, the three areas that I'm really big on is health, wealth, and connection. So this book will give you the tools in order to do that. I love that. And for anyone who has not read the book, the seven keys are very quickly energy, love, inspiration, vision, alignment, truth, and empowerment. Those are all very, very important. We won't talk about all seven of these, but I do want to ask as a lead in, why is it so hard for us to love ourselves sometimes? Ah, yeah, that's the big question, isn't it? It is. So I think that um, patterns of thought, and that's a big one for weight loss. That's a big one for entrepreneurs. It's like in any area of life, you'll, you're going to have to start with yourself and you're going to have to start with loving yourself. And uh, to answer that question, why is it so hard to love ourselves? Well, I believe it goes back all the way to um, conception mm. and possibly preconception and possibly generations and generations prior to that. We are we are born, human beings are born with only two fears, right? There's the mm -hmm. fear of um, loud noises and the fear of falling, which, by the way, those are two very valid fears. However, along the way, as we grow up and as we're experiencing life and as uh, we also watch other people experience life, our parents, our teachers, our cousins, family, friends, all of them, we kind of pick up on all these ideas like someone might be calling somebody else, you know, stupid or you don't know enough or entrepreneurship is not going to work or you're overweight or whatever. And we pick up on all of these things and we take them on as if they belong to us. So those become our patterns of thought, which then turn into behaviors and those patterns of thoughts, which a lot of times are not loving then uh, that's why it becomes so hard to love yourself. Yeah. And um, on top of that, these patterns of thoughts have been going on for years and years. I mean, I'm turning 40 uh, pretty soon. And so I've had these for 40 years. And then, like I said, even if prior, prior generations have been passing these thoughts to me, then I have a lot of work to do to uncover and unravel and continue to this journey, which is loving myself. Is there a way to break the pattern if you've been in an unhealthy pattern of loving yourself? I believe so. I believe there are two ways that you can break the pattern. Um, and, and this comes in handy with whether it's self-love or any other thing. Um, I think that there are two ways. One is through trauma. So when something happens and you have that's major, for example, if you have a death of a loved one, if you have divorce, if you have something that's really, really shakes you to the core, typically that's when you see people change their patterns and change their behaviors and change their thoughts drastically. That's when they have a breakthroughs. And I think um, the second way, which is obviously a lot more practical because we don't want to have uh, traumas in our lives. And the second way is through repetition of new thoughts. So of course, most people think, oh, well, I got to have affirmations. Well, I'm healthy. You know, I'm size four. I am wealthy. I'm doing all of these things. However, Oftentimes, you're going to have to break through the old patterns of thought first 
before you can replace them with new ones. So it's going to take some work and it's going to take some contemplation in order to uh, make that happen. But I think the key, once you do the work, is repetition of the new thought pattern continuously uh, day after day. Yeah, that's that's so important because it's hard to institute a new pattern if you're not willing to break the old one because you, you can't entertain them both at the same time. You have to be committed to wanting to love yourself because it's mm-hmm. it's really hard to love other people if you don't really genuinely love yourself first. Would that be accurate? I believe so. Absolutely. Great. So where do you find inspiration? Um, I find inspiration everywhere, Brian. I find inspiration uh, when I talk to my children. I find inspiration in movies and books and uh, all around me. I'll give you an example. The other day I was um, talking, I have a two-year-old and he was cranky. Mm. And uh, no matter what I would say to him and terrible twos, right? So, so yeah. His answer was no to practically everything, including the things that he absolutely loves. Like he loves trash trucks. Do you want to go see a trash truck? No. Do you want to watch TV? Because we don't watch TV at home. So it's like, it's kind of a big deal. And he, he loves it when he gets to do it. Do you want to watch TV? No. He's saying no to everything and anything that he loves. And, um, and, and so I drew inspiration from that because what I realized is that um, all of us humans, if we're not in the right state of mind, if our state of mind is in, a, in uh, for lack of a better term, and to make a point, is in the cranky state of mind, we not only say no to the things that we don't like to do, but we say no to the things that we love mm. and we don't even realize it. It could be an investment that you would make that could 10x your business. It could be saying yes to a health plan or it could be exercising. It could be something that you might actually end up loving it, but you're going to say no to it if you're in the wrong state of mind. Yeah. I love that. Let's talk about alignment. That's one of your seven keys. It's so critical in business. It's so critical in love in so many areas. How do you find that? I mean, do you find it or does it define you or how does that work, do you think? I think for most people, it's a process of contemplation and evaluation to determine whether something is aligned or not, Mm -hmm. Um, rather than sort of somehow finding alignment. So most of us have certain belief systems. For example, I could believe that I want to be healthy or that I want to lose weight or that I want my business to be at a certain level uh, or I want a certain kind of love in my marriage or my relationship. However, if my um, physical actions and my behaviors are not in alignment with the thing that I want, well, then I most likely either don't want that thing or I've got to take a look at my um, the physical actions that I'm taking that are out of alignment with the with the with what I'm actually trying to claim. Going back to kind of what you touched on at the beginning of this episode on uh, really like, do you want it and what is it that you're asking for? And then finding alignment through that. Hmm. Fantastic. We've got less than two minutes to the final to the next break. Uh, what does it mean to be empowered and how do you get there? Um, I think uh, that's that's a broad and, and really great question. And I think you become empowered by uh, taking empowered action. And uh, I, I think that you could find inspiration. You could 
you know, uh, wake up and contemplate on your why you can have a morning routine, all of those things. But I think ultimately the thing that's going to make you feel empowered is realizing that you are it, Mm. that you're going to have to be the one that's going to take the action. No one's coming to take you to the gym. No one's like, you know, kicking the pizza off your hand or, uh, no one is going to work on your business for you. Absolutely. We're coming up against our next break. We're talking to Dr. Nona Javid, and we've been talking about the seven keys to spiritual and personal transformation. Where can we find your book? It's on Amazon, right? It is on Amazon. Yes. Great. It's called Elevate Your Life, and that's E-L-I-V-A-T-E. So it's spelled a little bit differently, Elevate Your Life, Seven Keys to Spiritual and Personal Transformation. Just look for Dr. Nona Javid on uh, Amazon, and that is D-J-A-V-I-D, the last name if you want to look it up. We'll come right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio, and when we come back, we will talk about Soul Scale, which is a company she started, a 28-day meal plan program uh, to help women and probably anyone who really wants to lose weight to do so and to live a healthy lifestyle. We'll come right back. This is Successful Profiles Radio. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Reaching out from the heartland of the United States with quality programming, this is Tokinet Radio. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Dr. Nona Javid. And if you've not subscribed to Success Profiles Magazine, you can do so at successprofilesmagazine.com. $1 for a seven-day trial. You can read all the issues that we've done going all the way back to December 2017, plus all the special editions. Lots of content. You could spend hours, literally hours, reading everything on that site. So successprofilesmagazine.com. Subscribe today. I would love it if you'd do that. So, Dr. Nona, let's talk about SoulScale. This is a company that you created, 
And it's about having a 28-day meal plan. And there's something very holistic and mission-based about this, isn't there? How did you decide to start this? Um, yeah, originally, well, I personally dealt with uh, weight gain and being overweight. And over the years, I had lost weight and gained weight. And both my parents, as I mentioned before, they were in the health field. So technically, they would know what to do in order to kind of live a healthy lifestyle. However, both my parents were overweight. My dad was on Mevacor, high cholesterol. My mom was on uh, high, high uh, or my mom was diagnosed to be diabetic. So all these things are going on. And, um, I decided it was, I had to, again, I had to do something different and take some empowered action. And, uh, so that's how soul scale was, um, created. And you're right. It is mission based. We called it soul scale because we wanted to make sure that, um, this I'd done prior to soul scale, I had done multiple other businesses. And when I created soul scale, I knew that it had to have, a nonprofit or a charitable component to it. Mm. So um, one of the things I decided we were going to do is for relative to how much weight people would lose on our program um, here, either locally or around the world. Like you said, we have that 28 day program. We uh, for whatever um, amounts of pounds that are being lost, we actually donate uh, to orphanages around the world. Wow. Um, so yeah. So, and I love doing that too. We visited a couple of orphanages as well, and that's been really fun. That's fantastic. So what makes this program different from the ones that you might see on television? We don't have to name their names, but we all know who they are. What makes your program different? Yeah, I think, um, the biggest difference were, were there, there are two things. Okay. There are two things that are very, very different, uh, that soul scale does differently. Um, one, is that majority of the other programs that are out there, and even if you think about uh, some of the sort of, I don't want to call them fad, but like the popular things that are out there, like such as keto or intermittent fasting, if you think about those things, they have, um, you people don't really know what they are losing. What I mean by that is they'll get on the scale and they'll lose a couple of pounds and they'll be really excited. However, unfortunately, with a lot of those programs that are out there or weight loss companies that are out there, like you mentioned, you end up losing muscle mass and you end up losing some water and, of course, a little bit of fat. But because one of the big things you will end up losing, say, 20 pounds later in your weight loss journey, you've lost a big chunk of muscle. And as we know, muscle is where the metabolism is. So, um, and that's why guys with big muscle, they can eat more and, you know, they, they don't gain the weight. So in a case of, um, someone who is struggling with, with weight gain or weight loss, when they lose the 20 pounds and when majority of that is muscle, unfortunately, their metabolism has crashed at that point. If the metabolism has crashed, then it becomes so much more difficult to maintain that 20 pound loss and, uh, and so much easier to gain it right back. And so I think for a lot of, um, especially women that deal with this as the hormones will change and as the metabolism has crashed over the years, because we've gained and lost and gained and lost, then it becomes even more challenging to live a healthier lifestyle when we achieve that goal. So that's one of the ways the other, um, uh, the other reason or the way that soul scale is completely different than other programs that are out there is in the fact that we heavily focus on maintenance mm. because I saw, I watched it in myself. I saw it in my parents as we would lose weight 
and um, and then we would gain it, right? Because we hadn't right. changed the habits, we hadn't changed the mindset, we hadn't, you know, aside from the metabolism not being good because we chose the wrong diet. Um, on top of it, it's it is really challenging to maintain that, and so we really, really heavily, our company is really big on helping our, our clients maintain the weight loss that they experience. Mm, that's wonderful. So you talked about losing weight and and sometimes it's losing fat, sometimes it's losing muscle. How do you burn fat and build muscle at the same time? That's a hard balance to maintain, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, there are so many different ways that you can that you could do it with. Um, I can speak to the way that our clients are doing it on soul scale because we have um, addition in addition to people who want to lose weight. We also have people that want to lose body fat and they want to gain it like they participate in fitness competitions here. And uh, what what they typically tend to do, which is kind of answering your question, losing fat and gaining muscle at the same time, is they go through a leaning process where they actually drop the body fat percentage. And then um, they start to incorporate um, strength training and weightlifting exercises in order to gain muscle to replace that. Um, I'll have to say most of our clients, though, they are not as concerned about building muscle. They are more concerned about losing the body fat percentage to mm-hmm. get to either healthier or, you know, their ideal uh, number on the scale, if you would. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different programs out there. There's, you know, keto, there's Atkins. Which does your program embrace any one of those more than the others? Um, okay, that's a great question. We don't, we are actually, we set ourselves apart from all of those. So okay. keto okay. and Atkins, this is a kind of a misconception. People think that Atkins is different than keto. And people have different understandings of keto. Like there's the dirty keto, there's the clean, there's the lazy keto. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of those are, they're, they're uh, putting your body into ketosis. For example, if you are doing hardcore Atkins, which is I'm eating bacon and cheese and, you know, and, uh, animal, a lot of animal protein and a lot of dairy, sure. I'll lose some, but, uh, if you are taking in that much of animal protein, obviously you're not going to lose fat. And as you are losing weight, cause your body has entered into ketosis, you'll end up losing some muscle. Um, and, uh, and even the cleaner ketos, they suggest taking say avocado or coconut oils and things like that, which is great. If you've gone from eating, um, fast food and lots of soda and like just eating, you know, junk food all the time, and you go from that to eating vegetables, but adding an extra oil, you're still going to lose some weight and you might still end up compromising your muscle mass. And ultimately you will plateau because eating healthy is not, it will only help you lose weight if you've been eating unhealthy prior to that. Mm. Most of the people I deal with, um, they are, you know, they are overweight and they have tried everything and everything seemed to have failed them until they start with soul scale. And so on our program to kind of answer your question, we reduce the fat to very minimal. So that's very different than your typical quote unquote keto or Atkins or intermittent fasting or any of that. We also drop the carbs, but we are giving our people alternatives so that they don't feel like they're eating chicken and broccoli every single day um, to be able to achieve their goals. So we have um, all kinds of meals. We have oatmeal that is made out of plant 
protein and it's low carb and low fat and, um, you know, pretty low in calories, but it's giving them something to eat that resembles an oatmeal. So they don't, they have variety. We have mac and cheese, we have Alfredo chicken, we have all kinds of things. Yeah. I saw a book once a long time ago. I don't know if it was one of those Hollywood diet kinds of books, but it said, eat your proteins last because that's the hardest to digest. Is there anything mm. to that? Interesting. So yeah. eat protein, was it saying to eat your protein, your animal protein last in the day? Or uh, last, last in your last in your meal because it's harder to digest. I guess the idea being if you eat the easily digestible foods first, then your body will go through it so that mm -hmm. it, it, I guess it's supposed to make your body more efficient. I don't know if there's any truth to it or not. Um, there is. A, I would say there's a little bit of truth to the fact that animal protein is not as absorbable as plant based protein. Mm. there's that piece of it. So if they're suggesting, Hey, eat animal protein. Okay. Maybe that makes a little bit of sense. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think generally speaking, when it comes to weight loss specifically, um, we always suggest, Hey, actually stick with the protein and the veggies first so that you fill yourself up. And then, cause then you're less likely to go for the chips or the pizza or the sweets that are there. I love that. That's that's really interesting. So you mentioned intermittent fasting before. Mm -hmm. What's your view on that? I mean, is that is that just a fancy way of saying I skip breakfast or is there a lot more to it than that? <laughs> I don't want to uh, annoy the uh, intermittent fasting gods of the world. <laughs> However, I do have to agree with you. I, it does. Uh, it is like I'm skipping breakfast. And there, again, just like keto, where there's a spectrum, there's a spectrum to intermittent fasting. So Intermittent fasting was brought on and was popularized, um, was originated in the weightlifting world. So it actually works when you are exercising and you are working out and you are lifting weights specifically. However, when you skip meals in general, and this is going to apply, this concept is going to apply to if you are also doing a cleanse or you're doing a fast, like a long-term fast. Um, what is happening is that if your body is not getting enough um, nutrients or, or, or enough calories in that point, when you go through the starvation uh, phase, what happens is that you and your body ends up being like, okay, what's happening? I am starving myself. Therefore, I'm going to hold on to the fat because fat is more, uh, more it's, a, it's a more powerful form of fuel that, than muscle is. I can get rid of muscle, but I really need the fat. So then your body will end up uh, holding on to the fat, which means even if you lose the weight, again, you might run the risk of losing muscle while you are intermittent fasting. And this is why a lot of people will plateau at some point too. Okay, great. So where can we learn more about soul scale? Um, we can go to, uh, mysoulscale.com. So that's S O U L, um, scale, like the scale you stand on.com mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and learn more about it. Yeah, that's, that's great. I would love to ask you, uh, we've got about a minute or so to the break. How important are core values to you? They are so, so important that we have core values myself and in my family where we it just makes decision making so much easier. You can always refer back to to the core values. Does this apply? Does this move us more forward in this direction or not? So that's why I love core values. Cool. Do you know what your top three core values are off the top of your, the top of your head? 
Um, yes, let's see if I can uh, name them. The first thing is that you only live one life. I know we only have 30 seconds, but we only live, you only live one life. Number two is that your circle of influence is absolutely important. And uh, number three is that it's, it's all on me. I get to determine my future. I love that. We're coming up against our final break. I can't believe how fast this is going. We're coming right back. This is Success Profiles Radio. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. nieces and nephews love jelly beans and since they were coming for a visit i decided to go to the store and pick up some jelly bellies for them as i gazed at the display featuring the hundreds of flavors available i noticed some pretty unappetizing choices some of those included rotten eggs skunk spray barf and canned dog food yuck i did a little research and found out that the jelly belly flavor scientists analyze the smell from the real thing in a gas chromatograph turning the scent into flavor markers that can be used to make the jelly bean. One jelly bean scientist aged their own socks in a plastic bag for two weeks to create the stinky socks flavored jelly bean. What's a word meaning smelly feet? Podobromidrosis. It's merging I'm Carolyn Davidson, and Words You Never Heard has been brought to you by the Bariatric Surgery Center of Dallas. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Dr. Nona Javid. And if you have not downloaded and subscribed to Success Profiles Radio, Please do so. That would be awesome and amazing. Please share it out if you get value from this show. And oh, by the way, if you ask Alexa to play Success Profiles Radio, she'll play the most recent episode. How amazing is that? So, Dr. Nona, let's talk about streamlining our businesses. And working with your clients, I know that you notice huge inefficiencies that some businesses have. What are some of the biggest ones that you see? Um, yeah, I think that the, the top... Uh, the first one that comes to my mind is not delegating fast enough. Like we are kind of sold this and I, me too, 
this entrepreneurial dream of creating a business on a shoestring budget, which is totally cool. You should do it. I did it. And that's how I got started. However, I think the biggest uh, blind spot is that as soon as you can to delegate the things that are not a higher, I guess, higher value or higher pricing or higher an investment of time and money of yourself to someone who can. And I think that that's the very biggest one because people look at it, entrepreneurs, especially when they're first getting started, they'll look at it as an expense. They don't see that they are freeing up time and energy and handing it to somebody else where they can work on the higher uh, ticket items or on the things that are of higher value that would ultimately bring them more money. I love that you said that because just under a month ago, I started uh, with a VA. She's been working with me for close to a month and and uh, I'm liking how it's going so far. So it's, it is great advice. I'm glad you said that. Here's something that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with, the idea of getting paid what you're worth. How do you know if you're charging enough for your services? Ooh, that's a good one. I have this exercise that I do with my clients and um, depending on what it is that's their business, it's the, the exercise is going to vary. So I'm going to give you an example of, um, for example, a chiropractor. Okay. So a chiropractor, I walk them through this exercise and ultimately the foundation of it is, um, how are you go, what are you worth and what are you willing to pay for the services, but not on the surface. Meaning if you have a patient that is coming in and, uh, they have migraine headaches, then from an, from an entrepreneurial chiropractic perspective, you can look at that and say, what's the value of me getting rid of the patient's headaches or migraines? Well, the answer could be, oh, well, maybe it's $50, maybe it's $40, whatever your answer is, what would you pay for a migraine headache? Now, what you need to do is you need to take it another step farther, meaning, okay, well, if this mom who's coming to me, I can help them with migraine headaches, what's the next level of value that I'm providing for this mom? Is she going to be a better mom as a result of not experiencing daily migraine headaches? Is she going to be a better wife? Is she going to, is her relationship going to be different? Is the trajectory of their family and their family relationships in the next generation going to be so much more improved as a result of this person no longer experiencing migraine headaches? And so that's one piece of it. And so you could do this exercise with anybody. So it's basically taking it to the next level and layer in the kind of value that you are providing for this person. Another question you could ask yourself or another piece of this exercise is, well, how much would I pay for that kind of thing? Mm. If it's happening for me or if it was happening to me or if it was happening to somebody that I absolutely love. Like if my son was suffering daily migraine headaches and it was influencing his life in these ways, what would I be willing to pay? And, you know, the easy answer for any parent is like anything. I put it on my house. I put it on my credit card. Okay, so so I'd pay anything. But really come up with a number that you would be willing to pay to resolve that problem if that problem was yours. Because um, the way that you buy is the same way that people buy from you. So are you willing to invest? If you sell health, are you willing to invest in your health? Are you already investing in your health and how much are you doing? So those are the two pieces that I think will help people. The other piece of the exercise um, is to contemplate on the value 
that you bring to the table, kind of like what I described initially is like really figure out what is the value I bring, not on the surface, but at a deeper level to this family or That's to this person. Yeah, that is fantastic. I love that. And when should you raise your price? When you figure out that you haven't been charging enough? I mean, that's the easy answer, right? Yeah, and some people, they can they can sense it. They'll be like, I haven't been charging enough. I need to charge more. And I think for most people, it looks like burnout. Mm-hmm. It looks like I'm tired because that's an uneven exchange of energy or exchange of value. And that's when you know if all other things are good in your life, what you're sleeping well, you are, you know, getting your exercise, all of those things. But all of a sudden you are tired yeah. and you're running out. Okay, well, that might be a good time to also contemplate whether there's an even exchange of value or not. Yeah. And I think for me, when I feel like I'm just so busy, I realize that if someone really wants to work with me, they just need to be willing to pay more. I'll make room for you. That's right. Yeah, I love that. So let's talk about um, the worst decision making fail that businesses make. I mean, a lot of people, there are some business owners that are really good decision makers. I think we all think we're good decision makers, but a lot of times we make decisions that don't turn out real well. So what do you think is the biggest mistake that businesses make when they're trying to decide something? Mm. I think the biggest mistake that they, that businesses or entrepreneurs make is that they try to change their business or implement different things in their business but they try to make those decisions based on where they are at. Mm -hmm. So if they have a certain level of collection or if they have like two employees and they're collecting say half a million dollars or whatever, like let's say that's where they're at, but they wanna be at this next level where it's 10X or times two or quadruple their business and, and their employees or the amount of sales, but they're making decisions about their business that is in alignment with where their business is. I think that's the biggest mistake they could be making. Whereas instead you should be looking at, this is where my business is going. And and constantly asking yourself, um, what would I do differently if I was in this state? You know, Mm -hmm. some of those decisions are gonna be a no. Like obviously I can't afford it at this point to invest in such and such. Um, but what would I do if I was over here mm-hmm. vision is and what kind of mist- uh, what kind of decisions would I make and how would I go about it differently than yeah. right now? I, I love that. If you're not a multimillionaire yet, think about what would the multimillionaire version of you do in this situation? It might be a lot different. In fact, it probably will be a lot different than the version of you that you're currently contemplating. So, yeah, just come up with the elite version of yourself and ask, what would that person do in this situation? How would they handle this? And and study successful people. Listen to this show. I've interviewed lots of millionaires on this show. It's been a mind-blowing experience. So let me ask you, now that we're talking about, you know, multimillionaire and billionaires, uh, how do you develop a, a multi-million dollar mindset? I mean, you did a video about what you learned from Marcus Limonis. I, I love it. Tell us about that. Mm-hmm. Um- I think, so I've done a couple of videos on Marcus because uh, my husband and I work with him on various projects, but I'll tell you the, the mind, there, there are a couple of things that I notice and I pick up and I work with really high performing entrepreneurs uh, for, in my consulting business. 
And one of the things that I notice that's different about them is that they all have a bigger than life vision. Mm-hmm. So you know how we're always told, hey, you got to set goals that are, uh, you know, smart, so like measurable and realistic and all these. None of them have smart goals. They all have goals and visions that are so out there, even for them, even for the level that they are, they're so out there. And so that constantly challenges their action steps. It's constantly challenging the way that they think about what they are doing. And so they're able to get to that next level a lot faster, but by say, by uh, establishing a really grand vision. And uh, number two, I'll tell you, I'll give you three things. And number yeah. two is the speed of implementation. Yes. So, you know, that has been huge. My successful entrepreneurs that I work with, like I watched Marcus do the same thing where like they just make a decision right on the spot. They'll talk to you and if you're the right person and decision doesn't always mean a yes. It, it, it also sometimes means a no, but they make that right away. They don't sit in the maybe. Mm. They cut out the other option immediately and they either move forward with it or no, because they understand that these things that are sitting in the maybe in terms of decision making or in terms of taking action on something, they take space, they take mental space, they take energy, they take freedom. And so if they cut it out, then they can focus on what really matters. And um, the third thing that was very specifically I learned through a conversation my husband was having with Marcus Lemonis uh, from the show Profit was that um, he cares. I noticed that he cared about who was going to take his vision to that next level. He didn't care how it was going to get done. Like we just kind of get bogged down with the small details of you know, what does my website look like? Or what does, like, we get really specific about those things. But from his perspective, he just kind of was trying to determine if, say, my husband's company, for example, graphic-wise, if they were going to be the people to take his vision and make it a reality. He wasn't concerned with how they were going to do it. And I thought that that was really mind-blowing for me. That's fantastic. We are coming to the end. So here's the question I ask everyone. Who inspires and motivates you? Um, Who inspires and motivates me? Gosh, I have so many uh, mentors of mine that I'm so grateful over the years, but I'm going to say my kids. Mm. I love that. Why is that? I just pull so much inspiration, Brian, from the the innocent... um, behaviors from the habits from how easily um, I can see that we as human beings as a race we are being influenced with, by the thoughts of others um, like we touched on earlier is like how do you why is it so hard to self-love and I could see it and so I, I pull a lot of inspiration and I learn a lot of psychology from them I learn uh, and so obviously also as a parent I learn how to, uh, I won't say manipulate, but influence my kids Mm -hmm. to uh, be better people. I love that. So as we wind up, how can we vibe with you? How can we tribe with you? How can we stay in touch with you? Yeah, um, I my website is always probably a really good place to start. So it's nonajivy.com. And I'm also all over social media. So and I'm happy to connect with anyone who wants to reach out. Awesome. Dr. Nona, thank you for being here. It was a pleasure having you here. 
Thank you so much. All right. And thanks to all of you for listening. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Please join every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I interview another world-class achiever, learn what they did, what they overcame, and the lessons we can learn along the way. Until then, have a great week, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. We'll have guests that will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. If you've ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living, then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join us again next week for more Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright.